Smith and the slips are Smith guaranteed catches. takes a one hander every every. It seems like he takes a one hander every series. You don't you don't know who else the slip field the Suraj. Wait, who? Oh my god, no, 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 we can't can't have it. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Silly Points Podcast. We're at podcast number six. There's a new new segment right now called Top Hot Picks. We'll be doing that and I'll explain that as we go. It'll be the first thing that we do. And um, we'll be covering the IPL games. Pretty boring week overall, except for today. But um, especially considering the last podcast, we had the Super Overman. And then we'll just be wrapping it up pretty quickly with our uh, Fab Four ranking. Yeah, I think we can just get started. So it's just all cricket-related things, and uh, you'll just be choosing. I'll ask uh, Preston and Rashidam, and uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. So starting with our new segment, um, it's basically going to be, it's like, would you rather, or um, what do you prefer, basically? First one, it's just a very general one, MCG or Lords, which one do you prefer? Either watching or just in general, what are the, the the game quality? MCG. The crowd is way more into it. It's way, it's way. It's a bigger stadium and just feels more like a energetic career game. And you feel the game is way more popular when you play there. Ninety thousand crowd. MCG. I I have to go Lords. I mean, I visited Lords. You know, I was like a tiny eleven year old. I was just like, it's so beautiful, dude. Lords is so beautiful. You have like the statues. Of of like grace, you have the museum with the original ashes on. I mean, as a cricket history geek, it's like mecca. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna have to go with Lords, just considering the history that just lives within those walls. It's amazing, and uh, yeah, I I also kind of I also like the smaller grounds. (laughs) It makes for interesting cricket as well. So the boundaries are short. I I saw the World Cup final at Lords, and I'll be honest. I saw the World Cup final. And I saw the World Cup semifinal, and I felt the crowd was way more into the semifinal, the England England victory over Australia, than they were over the England victory against New Zealand. I feel like if that final was played in the MCG, like how 2015 final was, because the 2015 final was boring. Oh my god, it would be nah, but but everyone was just in shock at what was happening. I know, but the crowd cheers. Can you just imagine the crowd cheers that the 2019 World Cup final played at Lords? Oh my god, it would have been crazy. That's yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Silly Points Podcast. We're at podcast number six. Um, today is going to be a shorter one. There's a new new segment right now called Top Hot Picks. Um, we'll figure out a better name. And I'll explain that as we go. It'll be the first thing that we do. And um, we'll be ta- covering the IPL games. Pretty boring week overall, except for today, especially considering the last podcast we had the Super Over Madness. Yeah. And then we'll just be wrapping it up pretty quickly with our uh, Fab Four ranking. Yeah, I think we can just get started. So starting with our new segment, um, it's basically going to be, it's like, would you rather? It's just all cricket-related things, and uh, you'll just be choosing. I'll ask uh, Preston and Rashidam. Yeah, we'll just go from there. I'll, I'll also give my perspective. Would you rather have a fiver or a hundred runs? Well, I'm a batsman, but somehow I only have five. I don't have a hundred, but I have a fiver, so I'd rather take a hundred now. I'm like, I'm <laughs> desperate for one. Right now I'm desperate for a 50, but... I'll take a hundred any day right now. Hundred feels like hundred. I don't know. Hundred feels like you. It's all you. You're really. It's two on. It's two on nine. Five for you. Kind of need some help for that. Unless, unless you're like just having a great day and just hitting the stones. But yeah, hundred for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I take I take you know a fancy diving catch in the outfield over those two, but 
Of the two, I think I'd have to go for a hundred as well, just because you know, yeah, I've got like four wicket hauls, a couple of fivers in my like school days, but never a hundred. I got like one fifty. I think it was like when I used to play at school, we would play on like the worst pitches, like it makes you know day four pitches in like the Wanderers look like a batsman's paradise. So hundreds are unheard of. So yeah, just being able to score one would be nice. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I take the hundred as well. I think that was a bit too easier one-sided. I think if it was maybe like a fifty or a fiver, I would, I probably would have gone for the fiver instead. Hmm. Next one, Moin Ali or Maxwell? I know you guys had a strong opinion on this, but I, it's a, I didn't I didn't think it was as easy as you made it out to be. Hmm. Moin Ali or Maxwell? I mean, at their peaks, Moin Ali is a better bowler, but Maxwell's a better batsman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Maxwell is just the more interesting cricketer. I mean, like the yeah. the more like mesmerizing cricketer because he's got like he's he's done it all basically in limited overs cricket. He's explosive. He pulls out those like switch hits which he hits for six. You know, take that any day of the week, and he takes some of the most brilliant catches as well. And he's so good in the field. Like he regularly hits the stumps. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a no-brainer for me. As someone who loves Test cricket. Moynoli was a pretty consistent uh, factor in England's test side. And he honestly played it pretty well as a first spinner for a good long period from like 2014 to 2018. He probably, he had four or five good home seasons. Obviously we all saw what he did against South Africa. got a hat trick, got around 20 wickets against them. A couple of five for a 10 for at Lords. And then even, and even then he was also playing a lot of good cameos when he was, that, that was definitely his peak until obviously he got ruined in the ashes. But then he came back well. When he England sweeped Australia Pfizer, he was bowling everyone out. So I think at his peak, he was. I think at their peak, Moynelli was slightly more consistent. He obviously has a way long. He's obviously played like five times the Test matches Glenn Maxwell has. But to, if I had to pick one to watch, I'm picking Glenn Maxwell because the ball could be going anywhere. That's fair, but um, the reason I would pick Moynelli is while the ball can won't necessarily be going everywhere. I think like cricket and traditional wise and playing those like shots, I, it's just more interesting to watch him. And I, I think it mainly has to do with cons- consistency. He's very um, He's a, they're yeah. both inconsistent players. Like you, oh yeah, <laughs> especially now. One of them has always seemed to be getting dropped mm-hmm. yeah. or making a comeback. Um, next one. Uh, watching test matches or uh, limited over matches. It depends, honestly. Like when I watch a test match. It's like I'm never watching it. It's not the only thing I'm doing usually. I like to do my homework. I study as long as I, it's a very peaceful setting for me. And it, it like dominated like my high school and middle school phase, especially. And so I, I have a strong feeling to test matches. Limited overs, I'm way more into the game, obviously, because like every ball matters a lot more. But I think I'm still good with test matches because test matches also means the next five days I have cricket to watch. <laughs> nice. Present? I mean, yeah, I. Didn't get to watch as much test cricket as I'd like to have watched when I was in school because I went to boarding school and we just didn't have to have access to be able to watch as much test cricket as we wanted to. So I'd take watching test cricket these days over limited overs cricket. But then, then again, you know, it's, it's a full day commitment to watch test cricket. Maybe I'll get like a round of homework done while watching the game. So it's very passive, you know, watching. Yeah. I think when you're analyzing a batsman's play and style, I think 
test cricket brings out the best in them. And uh, that's like the standard that you have when judging a batsman because that's something that's gone on for a long time, whereas T20 has just come around recently. So, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just another thing to look at. Um, red ball or white ball? What do you like playing? Fed. I like playing Definitely. white ball. I like playing white ball because I think anyone who plays cricket in America can relate. There's nothing worse than being out in the public with whites on and having to go somewhere in your whites. There's nothing more embarrassing than that. And as a kid, I didn't realize I could wear I could bring other clothes with me as well. So I would go get food in the, with my teammates and we're in whites and people look at you. So that's why I always hate it. And then once we tr- fully transitioned to league cricket and it was all white ball, I was so hyped that I could just go, I could literally go and it just looks like another shirt. It's a bad reasoning. I know. I have no, I don't have really preference. No, no. I really have preference. As, it doesn't really matter too much to me. If I'm, as like a, I mean, as a spinner, I get more with the red ball, obviously. But when I play with the red ball, it also means I'm usually playing on turf because I'm usually not playing in America. So. That could also be a, a condition. So, yeah. mm. Well, for me, as a as a like second change bowler, you know, I rarely get a new ball in my hand. I mean, the red ball just does a lot more than a white ball because it, it takes shine a lot better. You know, whatever little movement you get is just like something. Because when I'm bowling with a white ball in like even the tenth, twelfth over of a T20 game, it just does nothing. It sits up nicely to be hit. So, red ball definitely preserves my figures better. I give it that. Yeah. You especially love it when the ball comes back wet from the Berkeley grass oh. and it's just damp and it's heavy. It's just wonderful to bowl with that. That's just a reverse man. I don't think you gotta blame the ball on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And our last one which one would you rather adopt in your batting style? Uh, the ponting pole or the Tendulkar on drive? Tendulkar on drive. I can't on drive for my life. Tendulkar on drive. Well, see, I, I, I can't play either of those shots, but I, I, I get scared of the short pole like, a lot because I got hit in mm-hmm. the chest once. So just being able to play a pull shot to a ball on my chest, you know, stop bowlers bowling on my chest. So I take, I take the pull shot. I've actually, I don't have a problem with the short pole, but I have a, I have a big problem of playing across my pad and, I have my foot consistently pointed towards the offside while trying to play through the leg side, so I have a lot of problem accessing the ball. And players who play on drive, that means their balance completely straight and facing towards the bowler. And as someone who struggled with that, especially playing flicks and clips off my pads, playing it on drive would be would improve my game so much. I've never had too many problems with the short ball though, so yeah, definitely take to the on drive for my game. Hmm. Yeah. Solid, yeah. But yeah, uh, it's just a new segment. We're trying it out. Um, let us know if you guys I like it. I gave my weakness um, out, on, yeah. out on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I think right now we can move on to the IPL matches. Uh, there's only a couple of matches that are really important for us to look at. Or not really important, just interesting to look at. But um, yeah, well, I think we'll start off with the Kings 11, right? Kings 11 and Sunrisers, which was Saturday, I think. It was it was actually interesting watching Kings Eleven defend a total of one twenty six, and seeing a bowling attack that's been subpar throughout this entire tournament finally step up and and perform well. I think that was one of the most interesting things for me to watch. But um, yeah, well, first I off, it, I think Kings Eleven were excellent in the field. Even when it seemed the game was lost, they were they took all their catches. The feeling was was above, was way above average. The catches they took in the deep were excellent. The subfielders switched. Chris Jordan, 
all took all they all they all took their chances and I think that was a huge part of their them coming back into the game. I think the pivotal moment of today's game was when Vijay Shankar got hit while uh going for a quick single. He was obviously rattled up, which you can't blame. When you get hit on the head, helmet in cricket, it does shake you up for a while and it was as brave of a hit it was for him to face up to the next ball. Unfortunately, it did affect him, and he got a nick behind. And I think it just opened the door for Kings Eleven to strike. Um, Manish Pandey was definitely played a terrible innings today. Can't you can't deny how his innings was just not quality, especially after he had just scored a beautiful eighty against uh, Rajasthan Royals. Very fluent innings after after a great Jofra Archer new ball new ball spell. They needed more from him because the openers, even though they didn't get the they didn't get off. To, even though they did get off to a good start, they didn't convert all the way, but he had the platform to go in and just all he had to really do was go at 100 strike rate. And that would have let them be a victory because they, they only needed six runs and over, but going at 50, 60 strike rate, that was with no intent at all. And then just hitting out instead of carrying the team through was not good at all. He definitely, definitely got to ask questions there of his approach. And then I think the inexperience in the Sunrisers lower batting order just really let them down. Jason Holder in his first up. Batting innings at the IPL, Priam, Priam Garg, and Ali Samad, all all very new players in the IPL, just struggled as the required run kept increasing. And Chris Jordan, I think, was had a very poor IPL, and I think a lot of people are shocked why he's still in the team. They he stepped up today, uh, finally started nailing in those Yorkers, and really made it difficult for the batsmen. So I think that was a pivotal moment. I think, yeah, I think that that should probably end Sunrisers' chances in this IPL. I think they're mathematically still have a chance, but I think it's hard. I think we can basically say they're out of this tournament. Yeah, I think Rishi covered almost everything there was to cover there, but just a couple honorable mentions, you know. Kings Eleven didn't have the best start with the bat. You know, the, the experience of Shami and even Arshdeep, who came back very well at the top, they just weren't cutting it against Warner and Besto, but you got to talk about Bishnu. I mean, four overs, you know, one for 13, and that wicket being Warner's. And that was the first wicket. When he came on, you know, they were cruising. People thought, you know, hey, here's another, like, 115-run partnership between Warner and Besto. We'll be home in time for dinner. But, you know, incredible. I mean, I've been so, so impressed by Bishnu all tournament. I think he has a great, great future, you know. You know, maybe this will open new doors for him, and within the next, like within the coming years, he could, you know, be an asset to the Indian team. But I think both him and even Ashdeep, like the way Ashdeep came and held his nerve at the end, not just the last over by when you know the game was all but done, but I think his 18th over as well, which is brilliant, and I think he, you know, is not getting the credit he deserves. I think Ashdeep is probably the standout. New fast bowler for me, Indian fast bowler for me in this IPL. I think he came, I remember he played a couple games last season, but he's been a constant, consistent player this season. And I think he's probably my standout Indian pacer for this season. He's been very good. Death overs, middle. Definitely. Put, he, Definitely. Kale Rahul is giving him pressure roles, making him defend the last over today at 14 runs. A youngster could easily fall under pressure, but he delivered, got two wickets. Yeah, he's been brilliant. I think actually. Thinking about who's my standout uncapped Indian pacer this IPL, I, I, I love how Ashdeep's been bowling, but I think you have to also mention Natarajan. I mean, uh, he 
he's had so much pressure on him the last two seasons, going for two crore INR a couple of years ago. And even last year, you know, being released by um, Punjab, he was picked up by Hyderabad. But this season, you know, he's been bowling the toughest overs. Like, um, Warner's been giving him two to four overs at the depth of every innings. And he's just delivered. I think, you know, he's also... Big, big honorable mention. Yeah, I, I don't think I think I didn't mention Nanarajan because I know he's been in the IPL for three, four seasons now. Because I think he made his debut in 2017. So I was just thinking of who the newest player in IPL. But yeah, mm-hmm. he definitely worth the mention because this is the first time he's consistently played a season. Right, he's especially had to step up with yeah. Dobby getting injured again. Today. Again, we have Kings 11 with at 10 points and KKR at 12. Uh, Kings 11 having a better recent form, at least in in winning matches. Uh, four, four matches five. in a row. I think four. Four, four out of five. Four. Yeah, four out of their last five. Yeah. Four, yeah, four. You, yeah, which yeah. is if, crazy. If, is considering sorry, where sorry, they started the tournament. If eleven make yeah. the final, if make the playoffs, they're gonna win the whole thing. You heard it here first. They're doing the very clip. Yeah, the kind of momentum that the kind of momentum they're carrying with. You know, Rahul's still delivering at the top. You know, when my uncle, I don't know why my uncle's sitting out this game, but when my uncle's back, he's been he's been scoring runs as well. You have Chris Gale, who's been playing very, very mature innings. You know, I think he's, again, he backs himself. So he allows himself to get set before trying to take things on. And I think that level-headedness is what was missing in the Punjab lineup. I think the only thing holding them back right now is Glenn Maxwell. And I think... We're at a point now where the management just need to take the tough choice and sit him out because I think he's not adding any value to the team. He's not been bowling either. I thought one benefit of having him would be getting him to bowl a couple of overs every game. But I think the way the Punjab bowling lineup has stepped up the last few games, he's not even adding value there. So I think, you know, Rishi will know this better than me and you can come in now, Rishi. But I think they should be looking at alternatives to replace Glenn Maxwell going forward. Yeah, um, I agree he's not been good with the bat at all. He had he I thought he did show a bit of promise a couple of games ago. He got a 30. Obviously that's not enough when you're paying that much money, but he's been bowling well. And but they have, since they haven't used him in the last couple of games, they, they might now just have to look at a better choice on the bench because obviously they have Cottrell uh, in the bench, they have Jordan's bowling really well now, so he solidifies his spot. And Nisham and Mujib as well. Yeah, they, Nisham, they, they, yeah. They they used Maxwell. They used Maxwell against the Capitals in the previous game, and he he took a wicket and he bowled very well. Contained Rishabh I remember, and got him out. Yeah, so that it may be a thing where they keep him in the playoffs to face if they and make it to face DC. When RC decided to go up. with that dumb plan of promoting Sundar and Dubey, all Kings Eleven did was just put all back to them. So obviously, obviously, but Maxwell's not paid that much money to pull overs. He's paid there to win back to that, right? And right. if Gale is doing, Gale right. is doing that. Obviously, today they're down a batsman. So my uncle was injured. He pulled up with a. Pulled up with a leg injury last game when he got run out, and I think it, it, it didn't fix. So obviously today they had to change the batting up a little bit. But I had a feeling Maxwell might have been dropped today if it, and they might have just taken an overseas pacer and brought my girl in. I think what we're seeing in, or at least what we said earlier in the in the tournament about Kings Eleven was the lack of balance in their team, and I think that's really showing right now, especially considering Rahul's only scoring twenty seven, whereas he used to score above fifty easily. 
and um I think him getting out, but the still the team still being able to back him up, and at least every every person every batsman being able to contribute um, shows a greater balance. And, and again, it's a well, really to one today, so. so you have to. Stay, I still think they're relying yeah. on um, Rahul. Obviously, obviously, when Agarwal comes into the team right. and Gale is playing the way he is, obviously Gale's not playing amazing. He's had only one fifty. Well, no, no, no. I mean, Rahul got 15 against Delhi Capitals, and yeah, Agarwal got yeah. less than 10. I was so very impressed. They, they were still able to I, hold I, up. I, I agree. Because Pur- Peron's been excellent this IPL. 32 not out. He, he yes. hit a very fast 50 a few games ago. Peron's been excellent. So I'm not – I can't, we can't uh, say it's just all KO Rahul. So, yeah, I think Kings Eleven have all the momentum right now. Their, their performance is very similar to what Mumbai did in 2015 where they – pulled off a crazy comeback all the way to the title so we'll see we'll see what's going on they obviously it's between them and kkr to be mat- to be honest i mean rajasthan and csk are mathematically still in but i think csk aren't anymore csk are out. csk are out. Still mathematically yeah. in, but i think we all can agree it's going to be between kings 11 and kkr so. which which makes for a pretty interesting match on the 26th with uh, KKR I mean, facing Kings Eleven on Monday, be, which will be a ton of fun. Direct, especially with a direct knockout, yeah. that'll be a great game to watch. And I might be on Kings Eleven because they have exactly. Game, but obviously yeah. today KKR came back and took oh, an amazing God. victory. Yeah. I mean, I think before before we move on to the KKR game, I'd like to just point out. Uh, I'd just say RIP for both Mandeep Singh's. And uh, Nitish Rana, of course, today both of them played with a severe emotional loss. And I think we saw Nitish Rana, when he reaches 50, pulled out a jersey with his mother-in-law. And Mandeep Singh's mother, I believe, passed away today. And for them to still play the game, both of them opening the batting and contributing to their team, uh, that's really good for cricket. And I like they are. Yeah, big shout-out. Big shout-out. So, yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah, but going um, going through the yeah going through the KKR game. I mean, what a performance! I think. Look, you say what you want about him, but I think Narayan batting at number five and the management, you know, promoting him ahead of even like the you, you could say kind of inform Owen Morgan. That was that was a game changer for me because look on a pitch where. Gill didn't get going. Tripathi didn't get going. Karthik continued to spur run of form. Striking at 200 after, you know, not having a good time with a bat at the start of the tournament. Big shot there because that really turned the game on its head. You know, that was incredible. I, I, I'd just like to point out, um, I'm, th- I'm throwing Rishi under the bus entirely here. Um, Siraj for RCB and Narayan for KKR. Both of them should have been dropped with something that came out of his mouth in the podcast. I'm just saying this, the comebacks. If you, okay, next next thing you should say, just right, shout out another bathroom. I have Sanju Sands in my fantasy well. team. I hope he gets dropped. <laughs> yeah. No, there we go. Okay, there we go. We'll get to the RCB game yeah. later, but I I was pretty clear on Narayan being dropped yeah. because he should not be opening. Obviously, he didn't today. I don't think. I was very clear Narayan should not be opening, and if you, and when you have a player with a suspect action, I, which I obviously all cl- cleared me up on last podcast, but I wasn't sure how Narayan would finish the team simply because obviously Lockie Ferguson made himself undroppable after that performance. But yeah, Narayan definitely proved me wrong, and I mean when I saw the batting order, because uh, I'm over Morgan, I was like, ah, oh, KKR doing some ridiculous stuff yet again. But obviously he proved me wrong. So I mean, I think. Mean, one thing that stood out with KKR's victory is their two out-of-form players are the ones who scored the runs today in the Ryan and 
and Ron. Ron is coming back from a first ball duck against RCB, and he stepped up massively today, and so did Narine, which was great to see. What okay from from the previous match in RCB where they struggled significantly, um, Tom Banton came in and got hit ten runs right, um, doing really well. And from what I remember in the summer for England, why is that not I mean, exactly like, translating? I mean, opening. one yeah, that was that was just no, not just that. It was just one innings I think in the English summer yeah, as well for Tom Banton. One innings is Pakistan. He struggled once they had to bring it. Yeah, he struggled once he had to go to number four, which is not. But it was it was still coming off the bat very well for him. It wasn't like he was it. He got he got out to a couple of really good deliveries. He's not a new player in the IPL. He was still batting well. It's not, some players just don't even the, some of the best players they just don't play well in IPL immediately. Like you know, players, I mean, look look at Chris Jordan. Look hmm. at Chris Jordan. He's been in the IPL every year since 2016, and I think this was the first like good game he's ever had in the competition. Yeah, a little bit. Glenn Maxwell. He's had one good season in seven hmm. years. Two, maybe two, 27. So yeah, I I think Tom Bannon is a, is a is a future star, but right, right. he's he's not he's not a Johnny Bear, so Jason Roy level yet. He's not at that level yet. He's definitely done very well in all the T20 leagues, but IPL is is the number one T20 league. It's at a different level, and the game is more exposed there. So, and I mean, he's not had that many innings this IPL, so obviously he still has a chance to make an impact if he if they if he gets picked again. So we'll see. Yeah, Pat Cummins did well this game. Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen him take wickets, um, more more than yeah. once. Yeah, I think Delhi are starting to get really exposed in this IPL. That's just their batting lineup in the last few games. They obviously Prithvi Shaw has been dropped after a few poor scores. Uh, Jinkir Hunt is not is continuing his terrible IPL where he's just not getting into double figures. Got off first ball today, and all Sugar Dawn has stepped up with in the last four or five games. Seems like the rest of the team has just digressed the batting lineup. But Rishabh Pant is obviously struggling to. Find the middle of the ball. Trey Sire is still playing well here and there. So I think Delhi, who who a lot of people would say have the, has the best Indian batting core and maybe even the best overall batting lineup, they're starting they're starting to not have that same level of performance, which is a concern for them as they reach the playoffs, especially because now RC Mumbai and Delhi are all going to compete for that top two spot. And the last thing Delhi would want is just to give away a top two spot after the start they had this IPL. So I think they really need to step up in their batting lineup, else they might have to face an eliminator match instead of a chance of going straight to the finals. Absolutely. I have to I have to agree with Rishi there, I think. You know, I think the problems have come about with that number five spot. I think they've had a lot of chopping and changing around there, you know, playing Hetmeyer, not playing Hetmeyer, batting Stoinis higher up. I think Marcus Stoinis's form as to go to Laksha, the man of the moment, Marcus Stoinis's form. You know when he was batting higher up accent. We gotta have a better English accent. It's gotta be super strong and heavy. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna try to do an English accent <laughs> on a public forum, buddy. But um, yeah, you know, Marcus Stoin has really showed some form at the top, and you know, batting him down at number six it just befuddles me. I think you know, given the current form of both Rahane and Prithvi Shaw, it might be worth a shout. You know. Opening with Marcus Stoinis, he has opened in the BBL. He was the top run scorer in the last BBL. Opening the batting, he had a, he I know he had one hundred for sure. Might have had two hundreds, but yeah, yeah. having highest high score, have, yeah, yeah. So batting him at the top might be you know one option and might you know even ease off some of the pressure from Shikhar Dhawan because he's you know obviously been the standout batsman last couple of games. He's been fighting a load battle, so I think. That's something they really need to take into account. And as for KKR, I mean, we're talking about 
Delhi, but we have to give props to KKR. Not only, you know, the master stroke of promoting Narayan to play the spinners. I think this was the first game in the tournament where both Akshar and Ravi Ashwin were both neutralized. I think Narayan did a great, great job against spin. You know, we talk, we've waxed lyrical about Ashwin, but the way Narayan just took him to the cleaners, you know, returning 45 and three overs. Yeah, That's incredible. But I think, you know, on the topic of spinners. That was yeah. On the top two lefties and, and a master off spinner, yeah. I would give out of yeah. my money on Ashwin all day. But they took him apart. Absolutely. And, you know, while we're on the topic of spinners, Varun Chakravarti. Yeah, let's talk. What a game he had. Oh. What a game he had. He's been having. He's been having a good IPL. Every game, one wicket, two wicket, 20 runs, 30 runs. And I think today he finally got rewarded for consistent showing. Finally, he got the chance. He's just like, I Batson hit me. I'm going to get low to wickets. I'm tired of just restricting Batson. Today, he got Batson kept coming after him. They kept getting caught. And he took the first five for this IPL. Absolutely brilliant. He's very interesting spinner, obviously. He bowls a lot, of, he bowls a lot more cutters and actual off breaks. And leg breaks, he bowls more off cutters. But what works, works. And he's been brilliant. And this is he's one of definitely another standout uncapped Indian player who's because he's having his first full IPL season, really stepping up for KKR. Um, now that we've covered both the KKR match and Kings Eleven, or one of each, um, who do you think is going to win that next match and take the fourth spot? I think it's a good time to make your predictions. I'm going to go with Kings Eleven. I mean, you guys are saying yeah, Narayan promotion was a masterpiece and all, but obviously, honestly, KKR just every game has a new batting lineup. I can't even. Tra- I was like, first of all, I was confused. I was like, oh, Rana's opening today. Uh, Gil's opening. Where's Chaprathi now? He's not opening. I get lost on what KKR's dialogue if it's going to be every game. And I don't think this one is going to keep working because I think the team is very inconsistent. Uh, Kings Lemon have all the momentum right now. They've beaten the entire top four now in their in their previous encounters. They've beaten RCB, Delhi, um, Mumbai Indians. So they have all the momentum on their side and I can only see them getting better. And obviously once Mayank as well, he's obviously, he's, I don't think he'll be out of this IPL too long. Once he comes back, They'll have their, they'll have a very strong top three that can definitely carry them through games. Though I do think KKR might be a slightly better bowling attack. Nah, as much as I, you know, really enjoyed watching Narayan last game, and as much as I, you know, want him to keep doing well, I think Rishi's right. The the way KKR have been chopping and changing their batting lineup, especially at the top, just resonates with me as an RCB fan. With you know, the last couple of seasons. RCB constantly shuffling their top three around. Should Kohli open? Should Parthiv Patel be opening? Where, like, when Gale was there, should Gale be opening? Should Gale be dropped? I think it just resonates too strongly with that. And a team with that much change at the top is just not going to do well. And I think, yeah, they, they did have a great, great game yesterday. But I think with the kind of momentum Kings Eleven have been having, the kind of confidence winning the last game out of, like, the jaws of defeat will give them. They'll be nigh on unbeatable. And I think, you know, yeah, that they'll be they'll be dark horses to challenge the title in my eyes. Yeah. I think KKR will have a more chance though of winning of qualifying because because they have they, they can afford to drop a game while Kings Eleven can't. But if they if these two teams play today, right now based on the form, I'd be going to Kings Eleven. Absolutely. So I'm I'm not too sure exactly because KKR, if you look at DC's bowling attack, it's been the best in this tournament along with MI. And to send them for 194, I that takes talent. 
and that takes something special. Um, I have a feeling that they have this order set now. They've found their rhythm. And I think with this, it, it'll obviously take a few matches, but I, I'm going to go with KKR for this, just to be different, I mean, mainly. But um, You got two of the biggest RCB fans here, but we'll both admit that RCB is one of the worst bowling attacks, and KKR was absolutely coolest against them a couple nights ago. Yeah, so, yeah. That, that, that is fair. Yeah, I but, think. I, mean, I think. The, yeah, again, that, there was a, there was an issue with batting order, right? And I I think that's been fixed right now. And, Ryan over Gordon's not going to work. I that's my in my yeah. opinion, it's not going to work. For that's this never going to work. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm glad Rishi brought up RCB <laughs> because that brings <laughs> up the smoothest transition, smoothest transition in this podcast history. And you know, I think Rishi and I both need to issue a public apology for our comments about Mohammad Siraj. Yeah, he, he won one game and has lost five. Like whoa. I mean, it doesn't matter. The, yeah. Just the way he that, – that delivery to Nitish Rana is like a fast bowler, you know. I That's a dream. I won't, Yeah, that's that's like the dream delivery. And, you know, just bowling two maidens on the trot, you know, returning those kind of figures, I think, you know. He really on – a, on a very serious note, though, he really silences critics who called for his omission from this RCB side. And I think, you know, good on him. I just hope he's able to continue – use this as like – a stepping stone to like continue this for the rest of the IPL and into the playoffs where we're definitely headed. But yeah, that game, I mean, what a performance by the bowlers, you know, bowling out 20 overs without, you know, conceding less than 90 runs. That's incredible effort. Yeah. One of the slowest batting performances I've ever seen. And about moments, Siraj, actually, this is a point I've always had with one of my close to RCB friends. Mohamed Siraj got into the international reckoning because of his red ball exploits. He's been a very consistent bowler for Hyderabad and even List Acre, he's been good. But for Ranji Trophy, he's a consistent five wicket ball picker. He's been one of the best pace bowlers in the last three seasons, which tells you a lot. He's a line and length bowler with a new ball who bowls very good outswing. And one thing that he, and one thing is he doesn't have the variation to really survive in IPL. That's what I thought for the last two seasons. We see him get smashed by all teams, really. All around the park. But I think what happened was he got the chance with a new ball. Coley made a very late decision to give him the new ball over over Washington Stunder, and he took the chance. There was swing on offer, and he showed his red ball exploits in an IPL game, which allowed him – he bowled some absolute beauties. The balls to Tripathi, Banton, and Rana were all absolute rippers. Test match test match little bowling right there. And I think Sir, that is Mohamed Siraj's strength. So I think if he is going to have a future in this RCB team, he's got to be bowling with the new ball. He's got to be swinging that ball at high pace. And I think – yeah, I I mean he he did shut me up. I woke up I woke up to that game with three for two, and I was like, all right, cool. Uh, Chris Morris has done something. Chris Morris is playing well again, but I was like, wow, Mohamed Siraj. All right, I didn't know he was playing, but all right, let's, let's see. You, yeah, I think he's on the spot. And, you know, another another bowler who's you know not so quietly but slightly under the radar, arguably been better than Yuzi Chahal this IPL Washington Sundar. I mean. Again, four overs, one for 14, you know. He picked up the wicket of Morgan, who, in the context of the game, wasn't that big a wicket. But Morgan was looking to go after him, and he really stepped up and, you know, picked his wicket and went for 14 and four overs. I think he's arguably been the most consistent bowler we've had all tournament. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, everything's going well for us. The moment Serge is the final missing piece. Jahal has still been brilliant. Like, he has always watched his career stepped up. Chris Morris is the best bowling average in this tournament. At around 11, has not had a single bad game. It's not been clunked at all. Been good in depth, opening, middle. So, RC has everything going for them bowling. But let's- and Udana. Don't forget, don't forget Udana. I mean, uh, 
yes, he's he's also been under the radar, but he's bowled the tough overs. He's come against against the likes of Russell. You know, the, his spell to Russell, he went for 14 of those three deliveries before he got Russell in the reverse fixture. But, you know, just the way he, yeah. Just even the 14 runs he conceded, those were all, you know, spot-on deliveries to be bowling to Andre Russell. So I think, you know, Udana is a sort of X factor in this bowling lineup. And I think, you know, when when the going gets tough, Kohli has, you know, trusts him enough to turn to him to get those big wickets. Okay, now we've been talking about what's going well for RCB. Let's talk about the one thing problem that RC does have. Aaron Finch, is it time for RCB to move yeah. on? Or... Keep keep giving keep the faith in a winning team and just hope Aaron Finch gets his form before playoff starts. Because obviously RC are in the playoffs, but they really really would especially with the especially with the decline of a little de- decline of the, they would love to get a top two so they can get two chances at a final. Is it time to move on from Aaron Finch? The only the only real player that can come in to come for him is Josh Felipe, who obviously can take over the lead team position from AB, allowing RC to send their best fielder back into the outfield and have a proper keeper. What do you guys think? Look, I think, look, I think the, one of the, like, yes, Finch hasn't been going all guns blaming, but I think the partnership and understanding he's fostered with Dave Padikal is just something to behold. I think opening with two uncapped, you know, players in Philippi and Padikal is not the way forward. I think, you know, having the, someone like Finch to just even stick around for a couple overs to it. Um, batted out with Particle, I think has helped him a lot. It gives Particle a lot of confidence as well. And messing around with that, with perhaps your most one of your most experienced internationals, is not the way to go. I think Finch is too good a player, and you know, I think in a pressure situation, having that experience and level head could be the difference for RCB. And I think you know, sticking with him is the way to go. However frustrated I may get with him, you know, his um, weakness against the inswing, I think he. Tackled the KKR bowlers really well the last game. He was making a conscious effort to get outside the crease and uh, smother the swing of the ball. His dismissal was the only ball in which he was caught on the crease. So I think he's working really hard, obviously, to address that. So let's see how that goes. Do you think he's working hard and it's giving him success? Or do you think it's it's getting into his mind? Because he's he's been, unlike when he's at his best for Australia, when he's at his best for Australia, especially in the World Cup and all the series Australia win, he stayed still. His head is still, and he plays nicely to the line. But Finch has been moving around so much in the crease. He's trying to negate swing. He's trying to go to the bowler. But it seems like it's in his head now, and it's like he's not really getting through it. Obviously, like, the ball he got out of from Lockie Ferguson, he stayed leg side up that when he really should have been uh, moving back and across to punch that delivery. So I feel like Finch, while, yes, you could look you could look at it as two ways. You could look at it as he's trying to encounter a weakness he has. But you can also look at it as if it's really getting into his head and it's really muddling his own technique because like when he's at his best, that's not how he plays. He, he plays the best when he's thinking straight over the bowler's head with a nice straight bat, hitting through the covers. So that's one thing. I'm fine keeping Finch in the team so because it's a winning team and Particle is playing well. And Finch is, it's not like Finch is getting out first over, second over. He's just not really getting those runs that is expected of a international captain, one of the best opening bats in one day cricket. But I do think Finch is just a little bit technically messed up right now in his head. But I think I think tomorrow I think the RCCSK game will be a good chance for him to get some runs. I don't see them dropping him yet, but he definitely needs to get some runs quick. Because Felipe is I I he, he's yeah. 
he's gone through a slump in form like this for Australia as well. Um, so it's a matter of him getting in the right mindset, like Rishi was saying, and he can fire at any point. So it's he's not he's not playing a negative role to RCB at this point. So I don't think you need to drop him. Um, just wait for him to start firing, and uh, he'll do wonders for. Obviously, yeah, he, he had a long period for Australia where he was had consistent issues against bowlers like Booby, Boomerun, all these swing bowlers. They kept hitting his pad, getting bowled, and eventually, once he got that one ninety against India. He immediately got like four hundred in the next six games. Woke up, he had like two hundreds. So, I, I think it was also him being dropped from the test team that had a vital role, which isn't necessarily a- applicable here. But it was him being dropped from the test team, not having to worry about that, and captaining the white ball team. I think that's what was a catalyst. I agree. Success. I agree with you there, but I I have some opinions over Finch being dropped from the test team. He was he wasn't batting in the right position, and he only had one bad series. Like it's not like. It's not like any of the other Australian bats really scored that series, so I don't have too I do think he, he could be given another chance in Test cricket as long as he's batting a five. But that's a different topic. We're talking about the IPL right now. Uh, let's move on from the RCB. The RCB. Well, yeah, I, I think a good transition would be um, they still had to use four batsmen to reach a total of 80, uh, 80 odd. But if you look at the Mumbai CSK game. They needed just their two openers of Quinton DeCock and Ishin Kishin um, to come in and score. Right, let me check the score: one hundred sixteen runs, with with ease, honestly, in twelve overs. Um, again, CSK not being the strongest of teams, but if you bowl out a side for eighty runs, you should be expected to just utilize like your openers. Yeah, one guy. Bats, one only game. one guy got out. Um, yeah, the second one was the. Had a huge uh, yeah. that can happen. That's, that's never true. really to do with the bowling or the batting. That's really right. Really good. right. But I, I think this just showcases MI's strength in general. Although CSK is not performing well, the ability to put away teams with ease that just shows the the strength that MI has and going into the ta- into the playoffs. I I do think, like I said before, and I, I forgot who said it. But um, they are going to be at the top of the table in my mind, and there's there's really no doubt about it. The way they've played, it's going to be hard to see them losing yeah. the entire tournament. Bumrah and Trent Bull with the opening that opening use ball for compare. Yeah. That's probably the best opening spot I've seen from two fast bowlers on the same team. Unbelievable! Was, yeah. And yeah. this was just two days after what RCB had done to uh, KKR. That this one tops because this one Bumrah and. They they looked like they were bowling with a red ball on a day one English pitch. The ball was swinging, it was moving. Catches were going in the slips. Boom! Ambati Raidu got hit in the glove trying to pull. Oh, seriously good fast bowling. Okay, and they've been doing it all season. Bolt and Bumrah have been getting wickets with a new ball. They've just been extremely consistent. You gotta you got you gotta see like when you got. I mean that's what happens when you have the best Indian fast bowler. You have the best New Zealand fast bowler. Like that's that's what get that's what gets you. No, I thought I thought we already came up with the idea that Ferguson's oh, better. <laughs> Come on, the first what, first New Zealand player to win a Super Bowl. I, I agree. To give that. <laughs> Ferguson is better in the world, uh, but Trent Bolt is a New Zealand legend already. That's the thing. Ferguson, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. <laughs> high high quality player, but Bolt is going to go down as one look, of New Zealand's best bowlers of all time. Look, Rishi, Rishi, I have to yeah, I have to agree with you about Trent Bolt, you know, going down as a New Zealand legend. But I think, you know, just one small thing that takes away a little bit from the Mumbai bowling performance as compared to the RCB bowling performances, just that CSK were playing two kids. I mean, you have an uncapped Indian at like num 
opening the batting. You have an uncapped Indian at four. I mean, those, yes, those are two good players who've had good domestic seasons. Coming up against the likes of Pumrah and, you know, Trent that's, that's, it's tough. Yeah, they're punching outside their weight class there. So I think that just takes away a little. And that's why I'd put um, RCB's bowling performance just a little bit higher than Mumbai's. If that was, if that was um, Shane Watson and, you know, another established international, maybe. I, I didn't, but say, until I didn't then. say Mumbai's bowling performance over RCB. I said the opening spells. There's, because RCB opened those moments to Raj and then later got the wickets coming. I was talking about both ends. Both getting wickets. Every ball looked like a like he was getting. Out. Chris Morris didn't get wickets for RCB that game. He just bowled. He did, but he bowled. He bowled his third over of the game. Like the third over of the game wasn't made in from yeah, him. Yeah, so they were made it, made it, made it back to back. So I think, yeah, I think that performances by two of probably the best teams this IPL. Not much, not really the debate there. We just, I think another point we should bring about with how excellent Rahul Chahar was. He got. If there was one man that you could hope to save, CSK would have been Dhoni, but. Jahar continued his terrible season. All the absolute beauty of a leg break to come in after the ball seeming around to get turned like that in like a sixth, seventh over was. He's having a very, very good IPL. So he's. I actually, I actually was expecting a, yeah, yeah. a lot of players have very strong uh, debut seasons for their team, but and then immediately fall off the second season. It happened with Maya Farcande, and then Rahul Jahar replaced it. But for some reason, I thought Jahar would have a bad second season, just like Makande did. But he's been very good again, consistently two wickets every game. The consistent player for me and my fantasy team, and so yeah, He's- yeah. I just uh, as for another consistent player in fantasy, if you look at Sam Kerr. Oh, don't you do, uh, don't you do. What is- we don't have luck showing here. Yeah. Please, please, please. <laughs> no, don't no, okay. Trust him out uh, okay. <laughs> the fact that he's gone, I can no. Okay, but. He has to be given an English co- white ball contract. There's no question about it. If Tom, well, Tom Kern has one, he has to have. It's not even close. There's yeah, yeah. Sam Kern only has okay, but Sam Kern only has IPL contract. I know this is. I know he's performing very well, but he got an IPL contract simply because of what he did to Indian Test cricket. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think. Look, look. No, but his contributions yeah, I, on I, both sides of the ball. Right? I mean, I mean, that, that's why. Suraj, Suraj, uh, England have the best seam bowling all around in the world. Undoubtedly. You cannot you cannot drop anyone in that eleven to fit Sam Curran. Yeah, I think that's why he hasn't been given a call. There's better batter, there's better batsmen, there's better bowlers. Stokes is a better batsman and bowler than Sam Curran. Ever since Sam Curran playing in the top six for of that England battle, where they already have like ten players that can play in that top six and four yeah. openers. Like they don't need Sam Curran to like mess up their confusion anymore. But I said, I said, Sam Kern is not opening. Is not going to be a workable tactic. Even when he did score a quick thirty, I remember I said Sam Kern opening is not going to work. He is, he's not technically an opener at the, yet, but he played excellently at number seven, eight to rescue, not rescue, obviously, obviously, but take them to some respectability of a total. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I, I despise him just because he got them over the forty nine run mark. I think. Yeah, I was hoping we would. I was hoping RCD would do that to KKR, but. Hey, RCB is a great revenge from point when 2017 when KKR smashed RCB twice. RCB has come and did the favor this season. Uh, obviously, first game a 90 run victory, and this game a eight wicket victory. So, uh, so yeah, those are all the games. Uh, I know we skipped over RR and SRH, but that that was frankly one of the most boring games that we've seen. But uh, I think Archer bowled, bowled well as usual. Some nice slip catches from they, Stokes as well. And they played brilliantly, which is but um, yeah. which. Yeah. Rashid also taking a 
Rashid Khan taking uh, good. Pandey played brilliantly, which is surprising because yeah. of how poor he played in the game in the last game. Yeah, yeah, but the par- partnership he built with uh, Shankar was really nice. But um, yeah, I think we can move on to our predictions for um, Sunday's games: um, RCB versus CSK and all. Mumbai versus. Okay, Kong. I think we all have the same predictions. Yeah. Come on, it's gonna be RCB. Right? <laughs> yeah, but no. Okay, I have to go with RR. No, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna I go with RR over Mumbai. You're kidding. It's it's, you're gonna, kidding. it's gonna be a. It, it's going to be a coming out party for Stokes, Butler. Suraj, 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 they're all going to be like smacking the ball. I need your world test 11, Suraj. This is, this is <laughs> as bad as that. <laughs> no, that was way as more. That was no. way this is cricket. Way Remember, more. this is cricket. Anything, Punjab beat Mumbai last week. So, of course, Rod come out. Ben Stokes. When you, have a, exactly. when you have players like Stokes, Smith, Butler, obviously one of them could perform and score 100, and that could just change the game. Hopefully, it's Butler, because I have him as my captain for tonight. So... Well, I think the only thing that will nice. keep RCB from beating CSK, well, there's two things, actually. One, I think CSK, you know, they have pride to play for. I think, you know, they'll just play a fearless brand of cricket that could catch RCB by surprise. And more importantly, RCB is wearing their green jersey, which is never good. <laughs> As an RCB fan, you know, the last the last time we won a Go Green game was back all the way back in 2016 when De Villiers and Kohli just went bananas against that poor Gujarat Lions attack. I think, I mean, do you remember Shival Koshik? I think he oh. still he still hasn't slept a wink since. Yeah, that I don't day. think anyone can forget Shivam Koshik because we all, all we all went to practice the next day trying to imitate how he bowled. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously, CSK has always had the wood over RCB, but obviously this this is 2020 and. Cricket's not normal. Nothing in life is normal. So RC will into RC will probably be going into a game against CSK for the first time as favorites in probably seven, eight years, maybe even a decade. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of obviously Dhoni's record against RCB is very, very stellar. He obviously has played a lot of match winning innings against RCB. So who knows? It could be a Dhoni coming out party, and he finally shows up this IPL. Maybe Aaron Finch will show up this IPL, but otherwise, or maybe it should be Dhoni retirement party. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. That's long overdue. What do you mean, Dhoni? Oh, careful! Dhoni's careful. Retired. careful. <laughs> no, I think retirement from all kinds. Why of would you have I think IPL? he's stretching. Harbhajan Singh played 2019 IPL. Dhoni can play 2024. Harbhajan Singh was one of the best bowlers for CSK last and, IPL. Yeah, the way he bowled with the new exactly. Bowlers. Dhoni can make a comeback too. This is Dhoni's first bad IPL season in, in three, four years. Remember, Dhoni's had two really good IPL seasons. So you, can, you can have one bad season. If Robin yeah. can play and Dinesh Karthi can play, then um, I believe Dhoni can play. Well, I think we'll move on to our next topic right now. Um, I think we can move on to our last to, last topic for today's podcast. Um, it's ranking our rankings of the Fab Four. So we have Root, um, Coley, Smith, and... Uh, Am I forgetting? Ken Williamson. Ken Williamson. Yeah. Dare you forget? I just had to do it. Now, I just had to do it. Now, Rishi's going to be in a bad mood. I had to do it to Rishi. I had to do it. I'm sorry. It's not King Coley. It's King Kane. It's too bait. It's too bait. Oh, shut up, Rishi. That's a bit much. That's a bit much. No, I'm the biggest Coley stand in the world. Like, So don't worry. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I th- I think we can throw in Bobber into the mix just just for oh my dance. god. Yeah. He's look look. I I'll say maybe just so that fans in Omer listen to this podcast. But I mean, he he needs like 
three or four years like he's been having to be, you know, even in the same league. Maybe maybe he's closing in on Joe Root fast, but to catch up to the other three, he needs, you know, yeah. he has quite the ways to go. I think yeah. I think one thing also that makes these four in the Fab Four is they're all they all I mean at least at a point they were all captaining their teams. Obviously Smith is not that's only because of his own undoing, but Bob Arzum has now been assigned as captain in the limited overs team, so it'd be interesting to see how he performs. So obviously we've seen what happened to Root. We saw what happened to Smith and his controversy. It's only Coley and Kane now are the captains, but I'd be interested to see how Bob Arzum does as captain as well. Because I don't think leading Pakistan is the easiest task in the world. So well, absolutely. I think so. I think if he if he does, you know, manage the responsibility of captaining that side, you know, and keep up his run scoring, I think you know he's all the way up there because Pakistan, with all the politics, you know, for years now, is you. It takes it takes a lot more than two good years to be in the same league as these guys. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. Barbarism, that's a, that is debatable, obviously. But I think Barbarism might just be the most talented batsman Pakistan has ever produced. I, very hot take, but I already think he's one of the most talented players that Pakistan will ever produce. And he, ha- I think he can really become Pakistan's best batsman of all time if he continues on this path. And if he if he grows with captaincy and it helps him continue being captain, if it doesn't work, they can take the position off him and the runs will keep flowing. So... Yeah, I think if we have a Fab Five, I guess, yeah, Bob Arzum would be in the fifth position. Because, I mean, we're only really looking at – Fab Four kind of means we all, they all have a similar role. But obviously, we're not including players like core openers. Because, like, obviously, Rohit Sharma, David Warner can also be like, yo, I'm bet- I'm also part of the top four batsmen in the world. But I think we're only going to look at players who batted three, four for their test in uh, limit overs team. So – yeah, I think we can just start off with the ODIs then, then uh, rank that, then go to test, and just overall who's uh, best in both formats as well, or all formats. Um, so yeah, I guess I can start. Um, for ODIs, I'd say Coley is the top of that list for me. Um, it's pretty straightforward. I don't think either of you will disagree. Uh, Undoubtedly. Coley's yeah. in the top three. Coley's in the top five ODI batsmen of all time. But... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. The but um. Yeah, so we don't really need to talk about that. Um, second, uh, to to be quite honest, I'd put okay, I'd put Williamson. Um, yeah, Williamson, and then third, I'd have. That's actually tough. Third, because Smith hasn't really been performing in ODIs that well. He's not really known for that. Um, but so I I'd go Smith then Root. Just yeah, in recent form, especially. You, you're saying you're saying Smith isn't known for his ODI prowess. Neither is Joe Root. I mean, exactly. That, that's why it was hard. Oh, flag on the play. Flag on the play. Jorud's not known for his ODI scores. Jorud well, uh, <laughs> was one of the best batsmen in the World Cup. He's been the mainstay of the batting lineup from from the 2015 to 2019. He's been a crucial part of England's uh, turnaround. In he's ODI. he's not he's not the best ODI batsman in that lineup. He's the most consistent in that, in that lineup. He's the most consistent. First off, you can't not anymore. Not not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, not in the last like. 12 we're, we're talking about currently, Rishi. Huh? We're talking about currently. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at ODI cricket, okay? I only... First off, I don't even think... Jared... Okay, we're not really looking at just three ODI against Australia as our only sampling factor. We have to really just look at the World Cup. Because that's... Well, yeah. that's right, we can look... We can look... We can look 12 months on either side of the World Cup. But even then... But either side of the World Cup... I think the... There's no cricket. How can you really... 
Joe Root only played like three ODIs against South Africa, really. I don't even know if he even played that. Well, that's fine. That, that, that's going to be seen. That's the same way we judge the other bats. Yeah. Well, right? it's Kohli not, hasn't played ODI cricket since January. I'm back. Kohli's the worst then, right? Because he had Well, no, no, no. But, I mean, we obviously don't know his current form, but it's based on his latest form, right? You can't. I'm, I'm just... looking at the World Cup as the pinnacle of cricket, right? Okay. That's World right. Cup, yeah, yeah. It was only a year ago. And oh. during, we've had six months of. But Root, Root was not a mainstay in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah he was. He was the third highest run scorer. He's he's England's highest run scorer. He had two centuries and four or five. He basically scored fifty plus every game except for two games. One game he had a forty nine out World Cup final and a game against Australia. Those are the only two games he did not get a fifty plus score or a forty plus. Y'all should check. Jeru was he's not wrong. Yeah, he, yeah, 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 he's yeah, main batsman. He's the most consistent player in the because the England's batting lineup is very. It's supposed to be all everyone goes aggressive ball one hit get, take advantage of power play. You don't let go, but you, but Joe Root, you stay. Morgan has told him, you stay. You get your 50 every game. Everyone bats around you. If you can make it 100, make it 100. Everyone else will bat around you and me, Morgan and him. Joe Root is – so that – I think maybe I should get my list because I'm defending Joe Root because I have Joe Root at second. I have him over Kane and Steve Smith. Oh, really? Yeah, I do have him over Kane and Steve Smith simply because – right, that, that means a lot coming yeah, from I, Yeah. Because – simply because Joe Root – just score every time Joe Root's bats and peak in an ODI game. I feel like I blinked, he's already at 50 and he hasn't even tried. He gets 50 plus every game. I believe his ODI average is 49.5 something. So he's basically getting it. Was it was 61.77 in last World Cup in 2019? Yeah, his average is 61.97. Yeah, and then he basically gets 50 every game. He's very consistent, uh, for England and he just plays that crucial anchor role. He basically he played an anchor role, but he does that at a ninety plus strike rate, and that's why England get consistent 300, 350 scores. And I always believe a lot of times England had that problem in ODA cricket where sometimes they go so aggressive that when they have a little bit of hostile conditions, they get bowled out very quickly. I think that would happen a lot more if Joe Root had w- did not stick to his own style of just making innings and when going guns playing like like the Butlers and Roys do. But when, because of him, they're able to get 300 a lot more consistently because they build around him. So I have Giroud at second. I put Giroud and Kane Williamson were very tough to match. Obviously, Kane Williamson was the player of the World Cup, but Giroud had more runs than him. They had very equal tournaments, I'd say, because they both had two centuries and a lot of 50s. I only would take Giroud over Kane Williamson because I believe Giroud has a bit more explosive, explosiveness in his game. And I feel like sometimes you can restrict Kane Williamson to, to subpar strike rates. Simply because sometimes he's a little predictable with opening the face, and you can just plug him, plug him with fielders there. Obviously, very nitpicky, but we're 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 cross comparing two high quality batsmen. But I just think Joe has a bit more explosiveness in his game. If this was 2015 World Cup, 2016 time, I would have had Steve Smith at second because obviously Steve Smith was the best uh, top two batsman in the 2015 World Cup, and he kept he scored a lot of hundreds. To score run hundreds in ODIs against India for fun, but he seemed to have fallen off a little bit in ODIs. He's he's I put him behind uh, Warner and sometimes even Finch in the ODI team, but obviously he's also a quality one day player. He only like a few months ago he scored a hundred against India when Australia came to India, he scored a hundred and an eighty. But I think just because his pure average is around forty five, well, okay if. If you're going with even the World Cup, the Kane Williams Williamson's average was eighty two point five. 
so I, I think, don't necessarily yeah, know. I think, like, look, Rishi, you're, you're right that Will, um, Root is the glue, you can say, holding that batting order together. But I think on a game-by-game basis, the five batsmen batting around him will win you more games than he does. But they, he's yeah. not the most impactful batsman in that batting lineup, and I think that's why he's my number four. Because Jor- I think, but Jory plays in the best ODI batting lineup in out of these four teams. I that's that's debatable though, because Kohli has the likes of you know Rohit Sharma and and what is India's biggest problem in ODI cricket? No middle order. Joe Root, if he if he doesn't want if he wants to go aggressive, it's fine because he knows. Oh, I might not score. Morgan will score. Stokes will score. Butler will score. If Kohli. If Kohli, Kohli, if the openers don't do well for India, which barely happens, but when it does, Kohli has to step up because he, who's he going to rely on? Before, actually, before exactly, before, so that 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 should lower your uh, that should lower the standard of Joe Root, right? Because he has the ability to he has more flexibility than the other batsmen who have to perform. You walked right into that one. That's the only thing I have against Joe Root, though. The stats wise and all, I think everything's in Joe Root's favor. His strike rate is definitely superior to Kane and Steesman. Strike strike rate is, but average isn't. In what? In what? Overall average. In, or, yeah, in the World Cup, average. you can also look at it. Joe gets to take a lot more risks, so his wicket might not matter as much. Kavisen has to hold the batting lineup with Ross Taylor usually, and sometimes Gupta, but Gupta had a terrible World Cup, so he obviously has to stay not out. Obviously, I think Kavisen had a couple not outs too to Ben that also put his average over Joe's. So, I think I Root and Kane is a hard decision for me to make. I. Simply went off the fact that Juru seems to get a 15 every one day game he plays, especially during that entire period from 2015 to 2019. I don't see Smith over Root at all. I don't even think it's close. Not to mention, Root's also the best bowler amongst these four. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then okay. so that puts him over the line easily. <laughs> all right, let's, let's go to – let's head to tests now. I'll start us off. Yeah, Wait, Preston, did you give your – did you give your top four? Yeah, I went the same route as um, – Suraj did. I went Kohli, Kane. Yeah. Kohli, Kane, Smith, Root. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, man. Um, I, I, I'm slightly swayed based on recent form of Steve Smith and even in the World Cup. If you're only looking at that. I, I think personally. I'm looking personally, from 20. I'm looking, honestly, I look from 2017 Champions Trophy until now. Because I look at it. No, that's too early, though. That's too early to judge this. Because then, then if we're looking at test matches, then Joe Root was magnificent before that. Yeah. Before no, this, until he that's took literally when Joe's decline started, though, so it's fine. Okay, well, that's uh, yeah. You're, but you're going Root, case by case, right? Okay, so but even Joe Root at his prime, I still have the same ranking for him. That's the thing. Let's move to test, and I can start us off there. Um, yeah. To start off with, you know, I know I picked Kohli in my World Eleven. Yeah, I was ready to take the number one spot, but. Mm-hmm. Based on current form, I have to go Smith. I mean, if we're go- looking last couple of years, just yes, he sat one year out, and yes, you know that that obviously was his own doing. But I think just the ashes he had. I mean, that's arguably the best single Test series anyone's had. So that that was a no-brainer for me. I think he's undisputed number one there. I then went Kohli. Then you know, again, goes without saying, he's had a He's not been at his prolific best, but I think that just speaks to the standard we expect from Kohli, you know, as Indian fans. When was he not his and best? I think the last few years, in like he hasn't been converting those 50s, 60s, and 70s to 100s across formats. Actually, if you look at ODIs as well, he's been getting. We're talking about yeah. Kohli. I mean, like the one who like 
Yeah. The one who scored all the runs in Australia, England, South Africa. Are we the same player? Yes. In the very difficult yeah. bowling conditions? Yeah, but all the batsmen are facing those yeah. conditions. You can't say that. You can't say that because every batsman's been Yeah, exactly. It totally stands up. Except for Smith. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's below Smith. And oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. No, I'm just arguing the fact that you said Coley's not been prolific last two years. He's not been as prolific as he was in like that purple patch he had between 2016 and 18. Oh. And those are those are the Easy. those are the standards I hold him up to. Those are the standards Coley, I hold him up. Playing at home against England and England's uh when they're spinning deck is Moyoli. Playing against Jimmy Anderson in England is a thousand times tougher than having to play Moyoli in India. That's why the obviously there was gonna be a little bit of drop because it's a harder level career, but uh, I the only drop off I saw was the, Touché. Touché. the New Zealand series. The only, Touché. only series I touche, touche. Okay. I've then I've then gone for Kane Williamson just because I think he you know handled captaincy. He has handled captaincy over an extended period much better than Root has. You know, Root's dip off since he became captain. I think Lux has spoken about it enough in the last couple of episodes we've had. So I think you know. Having Kane at number three for me is a no-brainer. I think, yeah, there isn't much to say, really. And Joe Root at fourth, I think. Yeah, I mean, off the four, he's definitely dropped off the most last last few years. And I think, you know, he's nowhere near the same batsman in red ball cricket as he was when he burst onto the scene. Yeah, I have the, I, I have the same exact ranking. Uh this ranking that wouldn't matter what time though. I would always, I always have had this ranking since 2004, 15. It would always have been Smith, Coley, Kane, Root. Because even I, I, I would have moved Root above yeah, because Root, at, like Root has always time. had a fifties problem. He's always failed to convert starts. Like he, but yes, he used to make hundreds a bit more often than. But every, even in the his prolific summers in 2015, 16, 17, he has a lot, a lot of fifties that I feel like if Coley. Kane, Root, Smith were in that position, they would make those hundreds. And it's clear in their overall averages and their 50 to 100 conversion. Kane Williamson, ever since that one series against India in 2014, when he scored five 50s in a row, I've just never seen him fail really for New Zealand. I haven't seen him ever have too many bad series. I think he has hundreds and basically everywhere. Giroud, I don't even think Giroud still doesn't have 100 in Australia. And he already has played 10 test matches there. Don't think he, I think he only has 100 in South Africa and he's played around eight test matches there. Well, Williamson, Coley, Smith have all scored two, three hundreds in every other nation they've played. Root only had 100 against India in a five test series, while Smith had three. So I'd always have Root at four. Kane, yeah, Smith over Coley just simply because Smith just scores more runs. They both scored, they both score everywhere around. Smith just does it, just has a higher volume of runs. He has more. Has higher big scores and slightly slightly more consistent. Coley is Coley, averages around fifty eight in Test cricket. Yeah, for for Smith, you just went bowling to him. There's you can't really find the weakness. You can't find a way to get him out. Coley, I just feel like unless you're Neil Wagner, like you can, unless you're Neil Wagner. Yeah, exactly. But that's just relentless bouncers yeah. and hitting him uh, in the head. That's yeah. It. Coley's over Kane Williamson simply because he scores a higher higher amount of runs. Kane Williamson. A high quality player, but his average is around 50, while Coley's is around five runs higher. Roots' average is dropping every year, he keeps getting lower. And we've even talked about it in our world 11 discussion that Root might not even be the best batsman in this team. While Smith, Coley, and King don't even have a real competitor in their side, so yeah, right, yeah. 
I mean, we might have to make it a Fab Six along with Baba. We need to include Rahman for the <laughs> Honestly, that, that was one oh of the my. best picks I've he's, seen. He's in, just, the top, he's I, in the top I, 10 I, test batsman rankings at the moment. I will have you know. I, dude, you realize Marnit Labushain is number two, right? <laughs> number three. Number yeah. three, and after one good year. Like, how accurate are test rankings now? <laughs> Too safe, too safe. If, we, if we're looking at rankings, Dawid Milan above Barbara Azam and T20 that's cool. rankings. Yeah. That's England play the most creative in the world. They're obviously going to have a lot more in the rankings. But come on. Is Marit Lubbershin really a right. better test pass than already than Kerry Williamson? Can we really already say that? Nah. Right? Nah. Fair enough. That's, that's no, I mean, fair. you can't make that statement, but oh. he had an amazing Like year. I said, 2019 World 11, Marit Lubbershin is the first name we're picking. Right? But right. this is overall test rankings. This is not a yeah. one-year period. It's, I think it's like a three-year period. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I have the same ranking as you guys. I think it was pretty straightforward. But um, we can move on to the overall rankings. Uh, this is just in all formats, basically. Um, uh, if you, yeah. one of you guys wants to start. I went, we so I think, work our way. I went I went King Coley at first. And I think y'all were a bit shocked because of how low I, I didn't have Kane at second in ODI. But yeah, I put him second overall still because I think he's leagues ahead of mm. Root now in Test Cricket and he's leagues ahead of Smith in ODI. So I. That drop off root hasn't tested root drop off. Smith has an ODI puts Kane at second overall for me. Um, Smith is at third, and Root's at fourth. Yeah, and yeah, uh, if I had to do some other funny statistics, not statistic funny, other classifications. Kane is the best captain out of the four. Root's the best bowler out of the four, and Smith's the best fielder. Uh, is Smith a better fielder than Kohli? Yes, Kohli drops a lot of catches. I, he drops catches when he he drops catches in red. He only he forgets how to field when he's fielding for RCB. But I think for India, he's one of the safest. A lot field. of catches for India too. I think Smith. I'd go Smith, Kane, Coley, Root. Smith in the slips here. Smith catches. He takes a one hander every every. It seems like he takes a one hander every series. You know who else is a very good slip fielder, Suraj? Wait, who? Oh, my God. No, 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 we, can... <laughs> no we can't have it. We're done. He's had hey, enough air time. Kane is a better player than Coley, too. Uh... Yeah. Rude no, yeah, hate, no, but yeah, he's nothing I, special. I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he needs to do more of fielding. Yeah. Get the ball. Yeah, I, I, have to, I have to go with what Rishi said as well. I have Coley, Kane, Smith, and Root, mm-hmm. and... Yeah, just goalie across formats. I think he's for someone who's played all three formats of the game. You know, man of the tournament at two World T20s. You know, great World Cups. You know, he's he's the single greatest player to ever play all three formats of the game. I think you know that's at this point that is an uncontested, you know, relatively uncontested body. Yeah, uh, I like. That yeah, we yeah, didn't do a T20 list of it because uh, Steve Smith and Jero, they miss a lot of T20s for their team country simply because they'd rather not have them playing all formats all the time. England, Australia especially, they don't care that much about bilateral series, so they just don't have their important players playing. So we just didn't feel the need to rank them because there's more T20 specialists that play these T20 formats that deserve to be this list. So, yeah. Hmm. Nice, yeah. Yeah, I have the same ranking again. It's, yeah. it's pretty straightforward in my mind. I mean, I think, I think Smith and Kane are switchable. Um, Smith only because his his test career has been yeah. far far superior to Kane. 
Williamson's, but I, I think if we're just thinking about overall, like jack of all trades, it would have to be Williamson above him because Smith, oh, Smith can't that. bat. Smith Okay, I, you know, Smith had a phase when he was definitely a top three ODI back in the world. He had like 15 ODI centuries, I believe, and he had like six to seven in one year. Because remember, Smith, remember in the 2015 World if this was 2015 World Cup, Smith was the best pass out of these four. Oh, I mean, Kane and Root weren't even like well known, and Cole had a fall off in that World Cup. Well, Smith, Smith hit the winning runs. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was our podcast. It turned out to be a bit longer than actually. But... Maybe, maybe around like an hour, but yeah, it should still be listenable, hopefully. But um, yeah, uh, thanks for joining, guys. I know we have midterms now, so good luck with all of that. But um, yeah, glad you could join. It's actually, it's been a fun one, actually. Yeah, I, I enjoyed like these. Me and Preston, even last time we had a podcast right before an RCB morning game. So yeah, we get real fired up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Always a pleasure.